Folks, welcome to another segment of the Agricultural Market Viewpoint. This is a podcast where we reflect on various themes influencing the agricultural economy here at home in South Africa and beyond our borders. We are coming from quite an eventful weekend. And I think the most important event that agricultural market players were focusing on was the Black Sea Grain Deal. Uh, which was extended by another 120 days. This is a deal that allows Ukraine to continue to export grain without its shipments being attacked by Russia. It was facilitated by certain representatives of the United Nations and Turkey and bringing Russian uh, government representatives also in the room where they discussed and they decided to extend it by another 120 days. This is a deal for those who haven't been following um, this matter that has been um, underway since about July or so 2022 uh, to allow the grain exports to continue. So there were worries that this time around uh, the extension uh, may not pass. Some were thinking it's going to be a much shorter time frame. Uh, but uh, positively, it was extended for another 120 days. And I do think it's on the interest of Russia to continue with this because they have a lot of grain uh, that they need to put into the world market. And I think with Ukraine continuing to export, uh, and since July last year going up until today, I think they've exported something roughly around about 25 million tons of grain and vegetable oils and this has allowed russia also to continue to export some of this grain but that's something i will discuss in a in a, in a separate podcast but i wanted to highlight it uh, because overall uh, that extension is positive for global food prices and it means that uh, we could continue to see an improvement or an increase in the supplies that are going to the world market keeping global grain and vegetable oil prices slightly under pressure or continuing to moderate because any disruption of that deal will again send uh, uh, bad signals into the markets leading to prices coming off these levels that we are seeing and starting to tick up again. Uh, and so the deal that has been reached has been fairly positive for, for food prices. But I'll discuss this issue uh, probably next week or so in detail. Today, I want to make comments on BRICS uh, because this year, South Africa assumed a role of uh, chair of the BRICS uh, grouping of, of countries taking over from China that had chaired in 2022. Now, while South Africa previously chaired this grouping in 2018, each tenure is different and it brings new opportunities to influence the agenda within this economically influential grouping of countries. Now, I think it's important that uh, we all remember that the BRICS grouping is not a formal economic or trade bloc. Uh, Still, I think the business communities from each of the countries typically look for ways to deepen trade and investment within each um, BRICS partners. And South Africa, uh, we have what we call the BRICS Business Council. And it's a formation that actively engages other BRICS member states, uh, business council or chambers to explore the economic opportunities, sharing of knowledge and and all of those um, uh, possibilities. And this year, the BRICS business council will lead the agenda uh, from a business uh, side, while, of course, the governments lead um, the the political side of, of of the agenda. And the agriculture and agribusiness role players are appropriately represented uh, through the Agribusiness Working Group, which is part of the Business Council. 
And for us in agriculture, the main interest of South Africa is about deepening the exports, specifically to China and India. These are countries that are relatively solid on an economic growth prospect, large population, uh, which uh, makes it uh, really ideal for us to deepen the exports within these countries. While if you look at uh, Brazil, it tends to be an, a competitor for South Africa. They produce large grains that we also produce, um, and they send a lot of uh, poultry into our market, which has its own political economy dynamics um, with South African poultry producers that always um, are uncomfortable at most times about those imports that come uh, from Brazil. But if you look at Russia, it's also an important player because as South Africa, we export some fruit to Russia, but we also receive wheat and fertilizer. At least before the war, we received a lot of wheat. Uh, we didn't receive much in 2022. There was nothing actually uh, during that period. And then we again starting to see now some of the wheat that is coming out of Russia coming to South Africa, which again, this links to the point where I was saying there's a lot of grain in, uh, in, in Russia and they want to send it in the export markets. And that Black Sea grain deal is also positive for, for them. But then back to this uh, BRICS um, uh, conversation. This year then is another opportunity for South Africa to say, how do we press on within these BRICS countries, particularly China and, uh, and, and India, for us to increase our, our export share in those countries? Because as things stand, I mean, if you look at those countries of the BRICS and you say, how much uh, today does BRIC, uh, BRIC countries actually make in our exports? And this is a conversation that anyone who listens to South Africans, they, they always make the point rightly that they are not seeing these uh, BRICS countries' benefits, at least on agriculture. And of course, if you look into that, over the past 10 years, for example, South Africa's agricultural exports, on average a year, they are about $9.9 billion. So you can simply just say $10 billion over the past 10 years um, uh, a year. That's on average what South Africa exports. And you say how much of that is going to the BRICS countries. That number is fairly small. It's about 8% that goes to the BRICS. China is a leading market, taking up about 5% in that 8%. If you look at the products that go to China, of course, it's wool, it's citrus, beef, nuts, grapes. But in all of those, wool is the one where, for example, 70% of our wool exports go to China. Then the question now is to say, how do we increase citrus? How do we increase beef? How do we increase nuts, grapes, and wine, and other great products that we produce in South Africa to increase our share within the Chinese market? And the second market is, of course, Russia. Russia, over the past uh, couple of uh, of the past decade, before they engaged uh, in this aggression in Ukraine, uh, uh, citrus, apples, pears, grapes, and a bit of our wine were the key products that we, we exported uh, to Russia. And of course, India, which is the attractive market that we should be having a much better share there, we still play a very minimal role um, with uh, Brazil, very negligible when you think about those countries. But of course, uh, as this is a small share, but if you look and you say, do the BRIC countries take South Africa out of the data and look at the BRIC countries alone and say, how much of agricultural products do they really buy from the world market? These countries, they import about $196 billion worth of agricultural products. 
um, over the past decade, a year on average. That's what you, you, you get. It's a quite chunky because then South Africans in that 196, sorry, 196 billion dollars. That's the figure in that, uh, figure. South Africans are only, uh, constituting about what? 764 million dollars so it's very small um south africa into that which is why this desire then to say let's increase our participation there and if you look in that 196 billion dollars of imports to brick countries without south africa of course you realize that china is the only game in town there i mean 67 percent of that is china uh, but still, yeah, Russia plays an important role, 16%, India 12%, and of course, uh, Brazil about 5%. So what is interesting to us as South African, I think, at least from where I sit, is, is China, as I said, as well as India. So it's that 67% and uh, 12% um, that, that is there about how do we increase our participation um, in, into, the, into, into that. The reality, though, is that as we will be arguing and focusing in some of these markets, uh, our discussion should take a, a commodity-specific protocol approach uh, uh, within or with these conducive market conditions, of course, with, uh, in these countries, they may come up if you were to argue for that through the business, uh, the, the BRICS Business Council with their reciprocity principle, which may be unfavorable for us because if they say, "Okay, I take your oranges, I want to send your my cars to you," that's where the discussion gets to be very difficult when you think about uh, going for those trade agreements, which many people. Uh, especially the producers, they will say, let's open up a trade um, agreement so that I may export X, Y, Z. But there is a reciprocity principle, which may be unfavorable for other industries in South Africa, which always a tough issue for policymakers to say, how do I balance my interests of agriculture while protecting my manufacturing sector that I want to grow? So those are all of the dancing tools that those that are elected to make policy on trade have to think about. But I still do think that the BRICS business council, where we are involved in as agriculture and agribusiness, we have to keep at least lobbying to say, hey guys, we have XYZ in South Africa, high quality, see if you can buy those. Because in some of these markets, the reality is South Africa still faces high tariff. Take, for example, the issue of wine trade with China. The likes of Australia and Chile, which are our competitors, they face 0% preferential tariffs there, while South Africa faced duties as high as 14%. This speaks again to the issue that we don't have a trade agreement, but in BRICS, we can chat at a friendly level to say, how do we lobby for these? Because if we were to go on a bilateral trade agreements, then it invokes those reciprocity points that I was talking about. But I think all this picture put together, the fact that we are sitting in the BRICS at the moment, um, and as agriculture, we have interests uh, in China and India. We should see uh, find ways of saying how do we smoothen um, the the engagement for particular commodity specifics in these countries and increase our participation in those uh, commodities. And the commodities that I have in the back of my mind is, of course, the fruits, wine, nuts, wool, beef. Are those the commodities that I think we should um, deepen our, uh, our 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 lobbying for in these markets? But with all of that BRICS focus happening, we should never, ever forget to retain key markets for South Africa. The African continent is very important for South Africa. Think about 2022, for example. South Africa's agricultural exports were at a record $12.8 billion, up 4% from the previous year.
the African continent, nearly 40% of that. Asia, roughly just over 26% or so of that. The EU, very important, just over 20% of that. And of course, the Americas are um, uh, taking other, other products. And the UK, single market, that is very important, making up about 4% of our agricultural exports. This is not a grouping like the EU, Africa, but it's one, one region, the UK, very important from us. So as we try to soften the ways within BRICS, we should never underestimate the gains that we are getting in the EU, in Africa, in the UK, in the US, and we should retain those markets. And beyond the BRICS, other countries that are worth having a conversation with for agriculture and agribusiness and agro-processing exports are South Korea, Japan, of course the US, Vietnam, Taiwan, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, the Philippines and Bangladesh. These are important markets particularly for fruits, nuts, wine, beef, and grains, we should be talking to these people. Very key for our agricultural prosperity. Folks, that's all I wanted to talk about. The issue I started uh, with of the Ukraine grain deal, I'll come with a more cleaner conversation, record something different, which looks in depth on that. That should be next week's segment. I hope I maintain that and uh, there's nothing more important that takes precedent uh, but yeah i'll schedule it in that way thanks for listening um this is uh from me wandi lesislobo i'm an agricultural economist based in pretoria you can read a bit about some of the things that i write in my blog which is wandilesislobo.com i'll put the link for it in the description of this podcast and of course the organization that i work for the agricultural business chamber of south africa you can check its website for some of the things that we are able to 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 publish thanks for listening